I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Oi. The boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. It's time to get this body started With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, JC All we know and all we talk about is booty, booty It's time to get this body started tonight You're listening to Footy Prime The Broadcast, A broad perspective of all things footy Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix Get out of this Take me out. Wait, wait. I'll take you out. Bye, bye, Dan. Say bye. Take you out on the back end. Have a great show, guys. And being around you long enough to clean up their vocabulary. No, I know to not leave themselves open for for something. You know better. You well, knew when you were a guest on the pod, you were like, "I'm not leaving a pause long enough for you to get in there." You keep talking. <laughs> so you've had a busy day, hey? Me? Yeah. yeah. Busy I've got Fridays. my brother's wedding this weekend, so there's events Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then more events next week. And I've had my brother, his wife, and his three kids in this space, so it smells like Clorox because they just left, and I've just gone <laughs> at the house. <laughs> you, you're sanitizing all the surfaces? I have, yeah. yeah. I've put a lot of effort into cleaning up um, all surfaces. Yeah, that's smart. That's prudent of you. I would like to know what you were wearing. While cleaning? No, during your <laughs> wedding duties. Yeah, oh, I, had three, or both. I had three different dresses and I went shopping in my sister's closet. So it was cool. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I do that too sometimes. Mm. But my sister's a lot smaller than me, so everything's a little more risque when I wear it. <laughs> if I have a baggy dress, I put it on. It took three people to, to <laughs> stuff me into it. But um, mom said it was almost appropriate. So that almost appropriate. I feel like that's pretty good. You're for, yeah, for my mom. Works, so. right? For sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you're quite I mustard. There's a family picture, and they've put me in the back. You <laughs> can see, or it only it only like they switch out. You know, like in the movies, sometimes where like they revamp rooms, or like you hit the little button, and then like the the fake wall disappears, and then it's like the more risque for like the after hours. <laughs> I feel like that the family picture for the wedding will be you. <laughs> My mom's talking through it, but 
She's saying hide Rian. <laughs> oh yeah. Did you think it was a video? No, she's just just can't help herself. She's always got a comment during a picture that makes sure you can't see Rian. So she looks terrible. She's talking in it. It's just my eyes through my brother's shoulder. So then we do need to do like another one. You guys rotate a little bit and then you're up front with your decolletage. Yeah, exactly. Big scarf for that. (laughs) Well, this is entirely appropriate because this is, this is footy time. Footy. Oh my God. I can't even say it. Footy private broadcast. I'm tired. That's okay. Yeah. I work three games in the wee hours of the morning overnight. Actually it's the night shift. Yeah, and aren't we lucky we don't know anything about it? My sister's a nurse laughing her head off. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and quite honestly, it's not it's not real work. It's I get to watch three soccer games, right, okay. which is pretty cool. That's a lot of work. And anything, I'm saying that I'm not a nurse, nor am I doing the night shift. So I like recording it on PVR. I've got a wonderful morning. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was ready for the wedding, and I just had the game on. And then, oh, that's fun. Last minute, figured out I didn't have a dress or shoes. So everyone got real panicky and then uh, something happened and I attended. <laughs> but I feel, I feel like that's on brand. Yeah, yeah. So everyone was pretty forgiving and, and I didn't care. The broadcast. So here we go. Here we are. <laughs> but before that, before all your wedding activities, mm. um, you were in Calgary, right? I was, I was in Calgary. I went to uh, a fun opening game in with Southwest soccer and, I really enjoyed it. It was fun to be around so many young people, boys, girls, parents, everyone watching and cheering on Canada together. I've never been to one of those. This is the first World Cup I haven't been to since 03. So it's fun to be a fan for sure. Yeah, and taking it in a different way. So how was that then being there, like not sort of firmly ensconced in your safe place or like your basement or a friend's place, like in a public place? Yeah. And it's the first time that you've been on the outside looking in. I'm not great at hiding emotion or not showing what I'm feeling. I know that. Yep. So I, what I liked is that I was sitting with the crowd and I did occasionally see a camera a little bit too close. So hopefully mm-hmm. they didn't get too much footage. But yeah, there's a few. It was a hard game to watch um, only because like you were huge fans and want them to do so well. But it definitely mm-hmm. was a, a challenging game. Um, and as we've seen in this tournament, there's lots of challenging games. So I think that the results afterwards have maybe put uh, Canada's result in perspective. Yeah, I've done the same. I think I think that the performance itself remains disappointing, but the result all of a sudden is in a little bit more perspective, kind of the way the tournament has sort of unfolded. And uh, you were you were spot on. We'll get to your your Haiti kind of predictions and is you looking into your crystal ball in the first episode of the broadcast. Yeah. But um you also, much to the the very same people that you were watching that game with, much to their chagrin, you you had a bleak prognostication for the game and they weren't thrilled with it, right? No, I said it was going to be a tie and they thought I was joking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, what do you think it actually will be? I think it will be a tie. Um, so that they... Uh, I think they were hoping that I would be a little bit more optimistic, but they're in a hard group. I, I, I really was not surprised by the result. I, I hoped it would be one, one, just, I thought if there was one goal by one of the teams, there'd be the other one would tie it up, but I definitely, uh, I wasn't surprised by the result. Right. So we should probably say at the, at the beginning, right off the top, I, I didn't say the name of the podcast very well. Oh. So this is footy prime, the broadcast. I'm Amy Walsh. I'm here with Rian Wilkinson. 
it's probably good to, to give the listeners right off the top an idea of whose voices you're hearing, right? Because <laughs> we're now six minutes in. Right. I'm like, oh, yeah. who might these people be? Just right. Chat. Yeah, but um, so that game, um, I was on. I was on color, and that was an experience. I've done color before. I've done a Canada game before for CBC. I've done a number of games for MLS for CF covering CF Montreal for the radio in, in Montreal. But that was my first go at a World Cup game, and it was pretty cool. Um, and Luke Wildman's a real pro, so he kind of brought me along. Um, but that was also a different experience for me to to take in the game, not as a somebody on the panel analyzing the game or at home watching with people. And again, as you said, like hoping for the best, maybe having realistic expectations, but still in the back of your mind, you you hope against hope that they're going to defy those expectations. And I thought they had a good start. I thought that they looked lively. I thought that they were energetic. They were aggressive. But as the game wore on, I think that was Nigeria. It was more of a case of them maybe being a bit nervy and maybe sort of sussing Canada out. And then once they figured out that there wasn't a whole lot of threat, once Canada, like they sat deep, they sat organized Mm -hmm. um, in that low block that Canada didn't have much in a way of solutions to unlock them. Then they sort of gained in confidence. And then I wanted to ask you not so much really about the tactics and the selections, because I'm sure we'll get to that a little bit later, but um, Canada's reaction um, sort of emotionally or mentally were to me in the second half as that maybe the the weight of sort of what was happening that maybe they were expected to win. It wasn't looking like they were going to. Um, they lost their composure a little bit. And um, I think that Sophie Schmidt coming into the game, I think her experience, her leadership helped to settle them down a little bit. But it, it all seemed a little bit frantic to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you said something really interesting to me, and that is we did start well. But even then, we weren't that dangerous. I thought Deanne Rose made a great run across the front and almost got a toe in. And then there's Sinky's uh, opportunity from the top of the box. But even with our possession, we weren't dangerous. And Nigeria is very comfortable. Their game plan was always going to be sit back, stay tight, look for breaks. And so all that possession, which... People seem get caught up with possession. I'd rather have thirty percent possession and be really dangerous with it. I think Canada, um, their their defensive line was really too deep at some time. You know, if you're going to have possession, can you push it up and be in their half? Um, and I wasn't surprised when Canada's frustration at not being able to get good chances, at taking opportunities at the wrong time, um, started to get frustrated by that. And that plays right into Nigeria's hands. They love mm-hmm. that stuff and. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't think Canada was very dangerous. And they were. They also come with this pressure. They've Yes, there's been Olympic bronze medals before, but the Olympic gold medalists, there's a pressure there that we have to recognize and speak to. And that adds to that frustration that, oh, we're not even getting good opportunities. They're, and uh, yeah, I just, I don't know how you color commentated on that game because we are emotionally connected with many of those players. We know them, we've played with them. Mm-hmm. And it was frustrating. And to be very honest, you you want to you don't want to say exactly what you're thinking because even that's not considered. It's not fair to the players because there's a personal element. Um, but yeah, I was I was incredibly frustrated watching. So. Yeah, I think that's probably what most what most people felt. Um, but I think as well, um, 
you know, the, the true fan probably has an idea of the struggles this team has faced, not only with the injuries, but, you know, their preparations and how they were hampered. Um, but the, the greater fan, because I think there was 1.5 million people, despite the 10 p.m. Eastern time kickoff, who tuned into this game. So that's impressive. That's great for the, for the growth of the game. And I think the U.S., their numbers as well, streaming and and on Fox were off the charts. I think they were they were, they broke records, and we're seeing you know stadiums packed in New Zealand and Australia and breaking records there for women's football. So that's great. But I, I think um, back to Canada, I think people who are tuning in and supporting our team, only knowing them as Olympic gold medalists, yeah, um, we're like, well, what's going on here? Like you know, Canada can't score, and like jumping onto these sort of narratives that have already existed but not really how much the context you think is a distraction honestly going into this world cup how much do you think those negotiations have affected how they play i think they've affected them tremendously in in their preparation or in their mental fortitude in their in their mental um preparation and their mental state i think even sinky's comments um, I think it was the match day minus one press conference mm-hmm. when she was asked about it and she was almost glib and she said, um, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. It's we're at a point where it's almost ready to be signed. And I, is, is that true? Is that false? I'm, I'm not calling Sinky out, but I understand her not wanting to, to distract from the task at hand For or sure. to, to get somebody else to distract her from the task at hand. For sure. But at, at the same time, do you think there, if, if that's a Janine Becky, do you think if that's uh, Diana Matheson, if she's still on the team or even yourself, do you, let's compare to Becky Sauerbrunn. Do you use that occasion to address it, to use your platform, to use your influence as you being Christine Sinclair and say, like, lay everything out the, the way, like sort of the hand that you've been dealt in the preparation, um, what you've been dealing with, with your federation, but what sort of the, the, the big picture this means, like if you sign it and then you address it, does that not serve to make that go away and be less a distraction? I'm not, I'm not sure what the answer is, but yeah, neither is your take. It was a legitimate question to you as in how much I thought Bev did a great job of not making an excuse at the end of the game, that performance. Mm -hmm. I I really like that. And I don't think it's appropriate at the world cup for me, because then that adds the distraction part to the players, even if that would be a wonderful like platform to, to speak truth to something. It's just, and people just want to watch the world cup at this point. You you might lose fans with it. Even if you get the people that are already bought in or bought in Mm -hmm. um, afterwards, put your performance in, just deliver on the field. Um, I only ask the question because I feel that, yes, there's there's a distraction. But if you watch the major, the biggest teams coming into this tournament, let's say France with their their coach, all that drama, mm-hmm. the US, every single press conference, a journalist is trying to rattle them with something. Yep. Um, Germany, the same thing. There's always something. And Canada has had a, a, a rough year. They've had a, a rough many years with our federation trying to figure things out, but it's been a lot. There's been the investigation. It's ongoing. I understand that it's an extra. I think the biggest thing is how many players have been injured or missing. Mm-hmm. There's it, that's, I don't want to make an excuse for what's not an excuse. They've had a really rough run in, but this is also once you're in the top echelon of teams, there's always going to be something. There's always going to be something. 
And how do we put that aside and now just get to work? And I think they are doing that. But uh, the, the lack of some of the top talent on the field, I think, is is what even top talent is hard to say. One of our young players could be just as talented. It's almost this trust and reliance on players that are not there um, that I think is is a challenge. Um, I know I'm speaking a long time. I think they're really missing Desi, even if Desi's not on mm-hmm. the field. That energy, that that connection she she gives to that. It's it's a it's the presence of of somebody like that, isn't it? Like that to know that you can rely upon them, like e- even if they're maybe not your most talented player. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're comparing, um, you know, pros and cons on paper, like maybe the more youthful player wins out, but like the the veteran, there's a reason why the the coach continues to put them in or selects them, and it's because of that trust that you're talking about. But it's also what they offer to everybody that surrounds them on the field and how much that lends to the team cohesion, I think, on the pitch. I, I really agree with that. And there's philosophies here. And I'm a huge fan of, of Bev Priestman's. And I know we're going to talk about um, who's on the field and who's not. But for me, it was such a so much going on and so many injuries to not start Alicia Chapman and Sophie Schmidt um, is hard. And I'm biased. I'm going to be really clear about that. They were both my teammates. But the experience they bring and the confidence they bring. And Jade Riviere is incredible. This, this woman is going to blow up the national team. Yeah. Grosso winning, winning the Olympic, you know, gold medal for that team. I'm not at all bashing these players. I think they're phenomenal and their, their ability to continue to grow and improve is going to be huge. But I, I really felt like that team was, was missing the stalwarts, the people that you can turn to when things are going hard as they did. And then there was almost this added panic because they each kind of looked at each other and were like, you have it, you have it. And Sinky can only do so much. And she's, you know, she tried to get on it. She tried to keep, keep the ball moving, but was getting caught out. It, it was a lot uh, to, to put on her shoulders. Um, yeah. So I think we were missing some, some just yep. trying tested. Yeah. The, but the whole thing I think lacked fluency, not only the attack, but that connection, whether that's mental or whether that's, you know, the, the combative spirit and like the, the defensive mindset that somebody like a Desi Scott brings, like there, there was just that sort of nuance that was missing. But before we sort of get going down this path with, with player selection and everything, I just wanted to circle back and sort of put a bow on uh, what we're talking about, like whether that was a distraction or not with, uh, with the CBA. And, and um, of course, of course it is. And, um, the, the player in that position um, on the public stage has, a, has the opportunity to use the World Cup as a platform to, to make their voice, to, to give it more weight, to sort of shout it from the rooftops. But it's, it's a personal choice, and it's what that person is comfortable with. It's what the team messaging wants to be. So I just wanted to be clear that it wasn't like an indictment of, of somebody in a press conference. Like it's a very personal decision you know, to, to speak out about whatever issue. So anyway, and then so- the rest of the World Cup talking about it if you're that person as well. Yes, that's it. And this negotiation has had more press than ever before, which I love and I'm so proud of. I think that's necessary. But you and I have played together since the early 2000s. You, you were playing before that. This is not the first time that a negotiation hasn't been agreed, which is not right. I'm not mm-hmm. saying like, well, this, but it does happen. And players have to understand that there's the business side of things, which they shouldn't be involved in. It sucks. I hate it. It's still happening. We're still growing. It's, it's part of the reality. But this is, this is the tournament time now. And if they choose not to speak about it, 
as you said, if that's a personal choice and they choose not to, then you know it's time to to deliver on the field, and then you create an even bigger and better platform for afterwards to to really force your demands. Yep, absolutely. Um, but so, despite some of the players in that game that maybe underperformed, or maybe the connection was lacking, say especially across that front four. Um, I thought some bright spots, like something they can build on as they move into this really key matchup with with Ireland across the continent in Perth, was Quinn. I thought they were very, very effective deep in that midfield. And I, I see your point about, you know, when Nigeria was dropping off very deep early on, you know, there was Jill, there was Buchanan, Quinn was awfully deep. They, they could have pushed up so much higher. Um but the way that Quinn operated in there as the anchor in, in the midfield, I think was uh, something that they can build on going forward. I think you need to get Julia Grosso higher up the pitch. I'm, su- I'm assuming here that Fleming will not be a part of, of that 11. Maybe she's available off the bench. But I think Quinn and their ability to, to find that long switch of play to connect, but also do the defensive work, I think their limitation is sometimes the the mobility, um, the, the, the quickness in, in getting to, to those knockdowns. Um, but they did such a great job in, in that game. And I think they deserve to be um, celebrated for that. Yeah, I agree. I think Quinn had a good game. I, it's hard because I don't think they were outstanding, mm-hmm. but they were consistent and did their job. Um, I thought too deep. And I felt like we were, the formation was one which I think they're more used to, but I preferred when they moved into a 4-3-3 um, and played a single pivot. When you're playing with teams that are sitting deeper, I, I didn't think we needed a double pivot, but um, Quinn does have an excellent range of passing, is fantastic in the air, uh, defensively does their work in front of the back line um, outstandingly. That is something, you know, Desi's not there. So Quinn is that defensive um, midfield option that Desi is often um, shouldered. So I, I think it is an opportunity for Quinn to, to step up in this tournament and did have a good game, but I also have high expectations for all of them. And I think they want that as well, the whole team. I, I don't think it's wrong that we're critiquing them right now. Actually, I think no. it's, our expectations for them are very high. They'll be frustrated, but also that one point, fantastic. In a tournament, in tournament play, the group stages are are rough. They're the battle, and they're the battle that prepares you for the knockout stages. You do not want to get, you know, huge scores going through the knockout stage. You don't want that. It doesn't prepare you properly. So it was a rough score, and they're in a rough group, and they're going to have to get their proverbial elbows out and uh, get in the war. Sharpen them up. Well, you know. Well, they're going to have to going in against Ireland. Yes, they welcome that that physicality. If they if if Canada goes into that game, and I don't think they will, just looking to out battle them, they're in trouble. Yeah, Ireland well, will be ready for that. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll we'll hit that last. But um, I wanted to go back to just selection for Bev Priestman. Yeah. Um, so not only elects to so the out of those three return to play players, if we're including Desi Scott, Michelle Prince, Deanne Rose takes two out of the three, leaves Desi Scott just not ready, right? Um, I'm sure that was a very difficult decision to do. But then you sort of double down on not only what you alluded to in our, in our 
part one of the broadcast where you're, you're continuing to build around Christine Sinclair. And that is a choice, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but it's also a choice in a 23 player roster to take two players whose fitness is questionable. And then you get Deanne Rose to me was a muted version of, of, of D Rose where Deanne Rose to me can, can provoke the attack, stretch the opposition's back line with that pace, with that explosiveness, with that athleticism and, and open up the half spaces for people like a Christine Sinclair. Um, and we didn't get that depth to the attack one, just because um, Nigeria just camped out and then sat back and that space was not really available um, too, too much more in the second half where the, where the, where the team was more stretched. Um, but I think the decision to start a, a DN Rose was, was a curious one for me and I wanted to get your take on it. Yeah, I was surprised as well. You know, we talk about Dan Rose and Nichelle, but Quinn has been out for a lot of this season. Yep, that's a good point. Concussion. Uh, Jade Revere started, who has, hasn't has played that much with Manu yet with, with her she return. Got five minutes. So I haven't seen Deanne Rose. I, I saw her come on for Reading at the end of the season. It's good to see her back. You definitely saw her her speed. She's she's worked very hard. Nichelle hasn't played at all, as far as I know, in terms of games. It's a big decision, and you're banking on speed and athleticism on players who haven't been t- tried and tested. And in a World Cup roster, that's what you get to do because it's a bigger roster. To start them is a big call. Yep. Then starting Deanne Rose, um, but you've also got Quinn and Jade Revere on the field, so you're not just starting one return to play player. And I'm and Quinn has been playing consistently. I'm not saying they're in the same category, but these are players that have a history of injury that they're they're still coming back from. I think Quinn is the most advanced of that group. Yeah, um, you could even argue, Ree, that on that in that same conversation, but maybe closer to full game fitness is a Keisha Buchanan. You remember yes. she was in that boot and then she was in for that camp for the game in April against France and then had a, like a, a minor muscular issue, I believe with, with her thigh. So, I mean, I know that's just the reality of, yeah. of football. You're always kind of carrying an knock, but I mean, the, that's a, that's a large percentage of that roster that has been dealing with something arguably major. Starting roster, not just yeah, roster. No, no, exactly. In 2015, I probably shouldn't have made that roster. I had a hamstring problem that I'd been dealing with for almost a year. I'd gotten my cortisone injections. I, I felt it was a home world cup. Oh, I was yeah, there weren't cortisone injections. It was lip filler. Just tell the truth. Listen, I don't talk about that on air. Um, <laughs> it, I, it's everything for the world cup, but I was most definitely not a starter. And I went on in Montreal, my hometown against Holland, and I almost I was supposed to be there, but I couldn't because the twins were so small, but JP and Jack were there. I mean, I, I was at fault for a goal. I just, I felt immediately I was off pace and I had been training. It wasn't, it's I just hadn't had confidence yet of playing and trusting my injury. And you're now talking about two explosive players. I love these women. They're my teammates. Deanne Rose won me a bronze medal in Rio. She was my roommate. Um, she's still recovering from that experience. I <laughs> in my 30s, worried about my mortgage. And she was she's still a retur- return to play person <laughs> from yeah, that, experience. that yeah. experience. I mean, I think the world of them, but these are explosive athletes who are who had major injuries. And to your basically your spring, right? It's like your the access to your power. You have to, if you've had any major injury, 
there's the recovery part and there's the mental part, which is when do I start trusting my body again to do what I used to do? And it was what I loved is early in the game that I told you that Deanne Rose run. I loved it. That is, that is her at her best. And then she kind of disappeared. didn't see it again. And she wasn't the only one who disappeared, but then Mm -hmm. you got Michelle come in and it was great to see her back out there again. But again, I just didn't see that, like just getting in behind, getting her elbows out. I keep saying that that's that's old school Canada. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, it's concerning uh, for me that we've got so many players and, you know, Jesse Fleming is out. Um, and I knew, I know Desi wasn't going to play. Adrian probably. Leon is also in that same conversation, not because of injury, but because of limited club minutes. She hasn't played and how frustrating mm-hmm. she, and she's so excited to be on the field. I saw some great moves from her and then we don't see her. You know, it's like, <laughs> great moves and you did a little, little robot. <laughs> My moves, so I just didn't like <laughs> It was good to see her with that confidence having not played so often. And then she, yes, I agree. Low and then disappear. And then she's off. And oh, it's, I, I feel for Bev. She's got a lot to juggle. But uh, those injuries, even if I, I have to say, Desi Scott, again, I'm biased. She probably wouldn't have played a minute. I would have just brought her to be that, that hype woman on the sidelines to bring people together mm-hmm. in that circle on the field where I thought Bev did a great job reminding them this is tournament play. We've just got a point from our first game. We've put in a performance. We've had to battle for it. There's been moments. We'll talk about Ashley Lawrence's leg or lack of afterwards. But <laughs> We will talk about it in a second, yeah. Um you know, but that, that's got to continue off the field. So then, you know, Bev and her staff go into, you know, get into game mode for the next game and to review that one. And I hope behind the scenes, they've got strong enough culture. They got the players gathering behind and reminding one another, those that have been through this before that one point from the first game, well done on to the next one. Um, but I know Desi would have been that person. So that for me is like, do you bring two explosive players who aren't tried and tested yet? Or do you bring a Desi Scott that you know is going to deliver off the field in her leadership mm-hmm. and um, her ability to really unify a group? Oh, I thought that was a big decision and a hard one for, for Bev. And it's, uh, I, wish she, I wish she was there. Yeah, that's a really good point. And do you bring a Desi Scott? And then do you also bring maybe a Clarissa Laracy? You know, like there's the argument, not the same argument, you no. know, that you're making. Yeah. But just, you know, you go with an upstart player who was in club form. So yeah. anyway, well, we'll see. I think next next game, I, I think you need a Chloe Lacasse. I said that last, I, 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 I really feel that this woman's delivering and is exciting, made something happen. I've done that three times, Ryan. What's that now? Delivered. Oh, okay. Three children. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I think zero. I'm also. <laughs> no, it wasn't a contest. I was just saying that I, I've also done that. I've delivered. Okay. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> that was an eye roll for everybody. <laughs> so we, before we move on to the tournament at large. So I was on color mm-hmm. and somebody back at TSN 690 in Montreal clipped my audio only. Okay. From that. So I'm going to play it for you. And it, I, I played it a number of times and it really makes me laugh. So here we go. Oh, wait a second. You can't hear it. Wait a minute. Fantastic. We can't hear you at all now. You've muted yourself. No, we can't hear you. Well, this is great radio. <laughs> Just me talking to myself. Thanks, Aim. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Amy, if you broke the internet, what the fuck are you doing? Okay. okay. You're muted. You muted yourself. You muted yourself. I took out, I took out my headphones at muted. All right. I'm jumping back out. You guys are doing great, but you're, you're confusing me on the tech side. <laughs> Blame me. Okay. So my friend at TSN 690 clipped my audio only. So that tackle that was the Nigerian player was given a yellow and then it was reviewed. I saw Lawrence go down, but I was looking kind of at the top of the screen yeah. and I just saw like a flurry of activity at the bottom of the screen and then waited for the replay. So this is my reaction when I was seeing the replay. Oh, Oh, dear. (laughs) Well, the lack of profanity is excellent. How professional. Well, you know what? I thought so, too. Oh, my God. I did a very good job not swearing. I don't know that if her legs. How? How does she survive that? I hope she's not suffering any ill effects because she was crunched on multiple occasions in that game and that one being the worst of it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's yeah. generally though, like the games that I've covered, the games that I've been able to watch in my downtime, there has been this thread of not only the parody that we're seeing, but like really intense physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in all of the games. Yeah, this is the World Cup. Everything yeah. on the line. Yep. Um, and we're seeing more reds and more, you know, there's VAR here and it, there, that wasn't missed. That was missed initially. Without VAR, that might have been nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you see it, slow-mo is, is worse. Um, this is going to sound terrible. That tackle was horrible and horrible to watch. I think no one watched Reckless. that. Yeah. I mean, I think Quinn came over the ball a little bit on one. You know, she was lucky tackle. to escape. Yep. Different tackle, but you know, this, these are, it takes one moment of just rash behavior and you're, mm-hmm. and you're going to get red card with far, but yep. Ashley Lawrence is Canada's best player. Mm-hmm. I think she had a good game. I'm waiting for her to break out. I think she's been at Lyon for too long and they haven't had enough hard games all season then they got PSG and Champions League and there are French teams coming up now but Ashley if if she puts her mind to something and just commits to being the best player in the world she will be she has the speed the mentality the crossing right left Mm -hmm. all of it and so she drives me like nuts because honestly you usually only see her when games are starting to get tight or at the end of the game when everyone's fatiguing so she does drive me crazy and 
the tackle is because the bar that you have for is so high. So high. Yeah. I think the world of her again, I coached her at under twenties in 2014. So I was an, and Quinn and Carolyn Sheridan and Kadisha Buchanan. So they are who they are because of me and <laughs> good. I'm glad you laughed. <laughs> Put that on your resume folks. I do. It's highlighted. And then I was their teammate. The, that following year, I, the, this group of players, I have so much respect and time for. And Ashley, I am waiting for her to almost just grab the, the game because she could easily um, be even better. And she's already one of Canada's best players. And that tackle is just what made me think of her is obviously she's going to be going into the next few games in a lot of pain. She's going to have one of those huge styrofoam donuts under her sock. That's if she can hit the field. Um, and we'd be so, so challenge the ones you normally sit on right for hemorrhoids you'd know i mean i've heard not that i would know (laughs) no i've delivered three times of course i know (laughs) i'm going to remind everyone i have not had children and i don't want to know about it so but i i want to circle back to something you touched on it's going to move us off that a little bit thank you but um you coached quinn and ashley lawrence and who is the third kaylin sheridan Okay, so not a number uh, of them, like a swimming, all of them. That group, 2014, was an amazing team. Nichelle Prince. So a really important group right now, currently, this this iteration of, of our Canadian women's national team. But what was that like? What was that dynamic like for you and for them where you coached them and then you guys were on the same level, you were players, you were teammates? Well, I was an assistant coach. Andrew Oliveira was the coach. Um, at but that you time. were still a coach. Yeah, I think it's testament to them. I mean, I was already so much older than them that even when they were my teammates, there was always that sort of mm-hmm. distance. But real credit to them that they went from because you've got to be honest with your teammates. You've got to have a different relationship with your teammates than you'd have with a coach. Right. So, just trying to balance that would have been more challenging for them. I was always open and honest with my thoughts with them as a coach and as a teammate. Um, but I do think there was a few moments early on where I'd get really frustrated with them on the field or a younger player, as you do, and speak very directly, harshly, however you want to word it. And I as think a teammate. Times, as a teammate. And then all of a sudden that was that was a bit challenging that happened at the beginning. But I I think that that is a testament to who they are. These these women are not only incredible soccer players, but really, really great people and smart. Um, and I loved what Claire said last podcast when she talked about that 2002 team, because that 2014 team is the same, that same success, that group that's come through for whatever reason you do get them in that 2014 group. Um, cause there was also Lindsay, Agnew was on that team. Right. Um, there's a lot of, I'm unfortunately forgetting people, which is, is not right, but my brain is a bit hazy on, on so many years ago. I've, I've hit that age. <laughs> Um, but they, they were, they're just impressive women and, and they should be in the top five at all times, this team now. That's why I'm, that's why I get frustrated. And I'm the biggest fan of Canada soccer. Those, those players, men, women, I want our, our sport to be successful and I'll continue to push and hold them to standard. I don't want to just be blindly praising them. They know they can have, they could have done better, but I also mm-hmm. happy we got a point out of it. Yeah. But I want to, something you're talking about there, like, rattling off all those names, all that talent. Um, one of the games that I covered last night was the Portugal game. Yeah. Who played Portugal? Like, again, my, my mind. Was Holland. They lost one nothing. Right. Portugal, Netherlands. So the domestic heavy, right? 
Portugal, yeah. and that's one of their strengths. I think the occasion got the better of them. Um, but eight of Chloe Lacasse's teammates at Benfica are on that roster. Yeah. So I think it's similar to the ascension of Spain as a world powerhouse with their national team based on the success and the opportunities given to those players in their domestic league. And then you look down that list and you see all of the Barca's and um, all of the Real Madrid's and, and all of the other teams that are there. But I mean, a league clearly lacking parity, but at least there's a place for these women to play. And in Portugal, you're seeing that the league really grow exponentially, giving opportunities to these young women, a place to play, investment by their FA, investment by the men's teams, that that infrastructure that already exists. And I couldn't help but bring it back in one of these panel chats to what we have not afforded um, you know, these past generations of players, even this current generation of players, when you think about the, the wider um, pool of talent, not just the players who are on Bev's radar, but the players that haven't quite made it up or played Canadian university and then had to stop play, or stop, had to stop playing, uh, excuse me, because there was nowhere for them to play. So finally now with, with project eight, and maybe you can talk about your involvement with creating that pathway, like, what this means now for just broadening that broadening that that pool of talent, like deepening it with finally a place in Canada for them to play. I love how self-congratulatory you get. Vietnam <laughs> <laughs> um, has a domestic league. I just I, what what drives me nuts is when people are like, look, we're getting we're getting overtaken by all these other countries. Yeah. We are, and we have been for a long time. The Canada's success on the men's and women's side is because of the investment put into the coaching and the staffing of our teams who go above and beyond in everything they do. They make every penny count. We don't have as much money, but they make everything count. They streamline everything as much as possible, and that's great. Pat yourselves on the back. How many players we're missing in Canada? How many players have had to quit because they've been fortunate enough to, to go to a Canadian university or a U.S. university, but they haven't quite cracked into a national team yet? There's no domestic league. They don't have a second passport, and they can't go anywhere. There's, you, you used your platform when you were inducted into the Hall of Fame to talk about this, which I, th I found so admirable. It's Travis it's kind of fucking annoying, but, but mostly admirable. Yeah. I, he's such a good person. Oh. Yeah, just wanted to because it it needs to be talked about so much. And well, finally now, I think that was prior to Project Eight being being announced. But I'm so I mean, Brian is doing an incredible job. It's taken a former player who because this this has been something on the books. You can't see my air quotes. Did it last one as well? <laughs> I'm telling you, air quotes. Been on the learn. episode three. There will be no more air quotes. I'm talking over you. I don't want to hear it. You, you're it's so. It's so frustrating to be just wait. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. The women's league. We told them they got to have it in the next few years. And it's just such such empty words. And then Diana Matheson is just being like, "Fine, I'm going to do it." She's got four teams signed. There's four ready to go. She's you know rolling them out with such professionalism. And I think Vanessa Gilles spoke so well about it. She was fortunate enough to have a French passport and. Mm -hmm went to France and made her name there and is now starting at a World Cup. She went to Cyprus first. Cyprus. Remember? She found yeah. a path, but she had to fight for it. You go to Cyprus because you have an EU passport, 
right? Which, which now is more limiting, but it is very expensive for foreign leagues to take outside players from the, from outside the EU. It's a huge financial cost. So if you're not already on the national team or touching the national team, they're not going to look at you mm-hmm. hard enough for women. There's so few spots that they're not going to just take a, a chance on someone who went to a university that's not well known outside the country. So, mm-hmm. you know, project eight, is going to change the soccer landscape. And I do think for the for the start of it, it we're going to have some growing pains because right now all our best players, and again, best players deserves an air quote because we don't know who our best players are because we're not watching them. But young players are being pulled and pushed into, into sort of hubs of play, which is what our national team coaches have had to do because there's been no, no way to watch them. To, you no have to streamline a way to scout these players. But yeah. in so doing, you're missing out on tons of talented players. Yep. I would have been missed for sure. I was a late developer. I got, you know, I, I continued to get better as I, as I got older and I was not someone who was, was hitting targets at 14, 15. And right now, if you're not hitting targets, you're not going to be part of our system. Right. You fall out of that elite path. So yeah, it's, it's upsetting, but also I'm just so proud. And I know you are as well, Amy, to have a teammate who, you know, was told you you can't do this because you don't have this kind of education. So Diana spent the last two years not just starting this league, but going to get her executive MBA, um, you know, and and destroying her classmates. I'm sure I don't know. I can't speak to them. But <laughs> I know she was elbows up in class again for sure. And then she's also been taking some. UEFA course. I don't, yeah. I'm going to say it wrong, so I'm going to pretend. But she's that just getting contacts out there, but also getting that experience and knowledge of how, how everything works in Europe. And she's doing that at the same time she's starting this league. And uh, again, I, I look at our, at, at our executives in Canada soccer who, who find every excuse not to get things done. And you just have this one five, well, four foot 11 woman who. <laughs> she's never gonna come on now. Pardon me. She's never going to come on now to the broadcast. She's come on just to just says she was argue that five feet. <laughs> I think she is. She's been lying. Um, but anyway, I'm really excited about it. My role right now is 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 really to help come up with strategies for for grassroots all the way into our professional league, which is really exciting. It's just to to communicate with people and to be available and to make sure that um, I'm someone that they can reach out to mm-hmm. uh, if they've got questions to try and offload some of Diana's work. But uh, just supporting my friend is a big one. Um, and That's make- what you're doing on this on this uh, on this broadcast as well. And I appreciate that. Well, you've been, you've also been helping Diana. And that's what I love is all these former players and current players who are putting in the work in their spare time to try and support Diana in this uh, mission because we all believe in it and we know it's needed. Yep. It's, it's critical. I think for Canada to continue to grow, to stay amongst the world elite. And I mean, it's it's on display right now that most of the pundits might, I don't know if I consider myself a pundit, but people who have platforms and, and, and talk about football. Um, was this too early to expand from 24 to 32 teams? And I think it was the right time to do it. But then in so doing, maybe you risk some teams being embarrassed like Thailand in 2019 and losing 13 nil, but more and more we're seeing the parody. We're seeing, you know, the, not just the U.S. and everybody else. It's, as you know, in that top 10, um, it's anybody's game. You navigate a group, you grow throughout this tournament, you stay healthy, uh, you manage your players and your injuries and your, and your roster. You've got a, a chance to make a deep run. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, any one of six or seven or eight teams could maybe lift that trophy. But beyond that discussion, yeah. beyond the superpowers is, is the everybody else argument. And I think that gap has effectively closed. It's closing. I think what we've seen in that first game is the unknown, which is what I love. We're from CONCACAF, our region. And so I, a few people have... Can, been, stop you. Can, you, can you say what CONCACAF stands for without looking it up? No. Come on. CONCACAF. <laughs> Confederation of, of national... No, North American, Caribbean... Something federal, CONCACAF. There it is. Association football. Yes. And then, um, association football. And so, calling that England was going to struggle against Haiti was not a challenge for me because I know Haiti. Although you're getting kudos for it, as you should. You're giving me kudos, but I'm giving myself a ton of kudos. But I know, <laughs> as you as you want to do, of course. Look what I did. Like literally then, um, back. Because I know that this is a team that in the youth level have have been um, playing so well the last 10 years. And they've got these superstars coming through that people are discovering, and which is a joke because they've been known in CONCACAF for a long time. But why would England know about it? Why would the pundits in Europe know about some of these players? They just haven't had that experience. And then you see Jamaica. And everyone's like, where did Jamaica come from? Now, Jamaica is routinely one of the teams that's right on the border mm-hmm. of qualifying. They've been there for a long time. that They never seem to move beyond that. Right. Well, the expanding um, allowance for teams in in the World Cup has meant that they have, have joined the, uh, the finals, the as in the World Cup finals, and they hold a superpower. Because France is a crowdfund to get there. And they've got a Man City forward now, who Bunny Shaw, who unfortunately will miss the next game. But yeah, harsh they, yellow card, that second one, by the way. Well, but she just was incredible. She ran out of steam, I think, yes, towards the end. But what a battle between she and Wendy Renard. For sure. I love that. But And that is a team that's, you know, Canada can sometimes blow out of the water in CONCACAF games. It happens in the senior level. And mm-hmm. that's, that's because... No one in no one in Europe knows about them because yeah. they haven't had to worry about Jamaica. Yep. Um, so I well, love you saw Canada and Concacaf beat them three 0 in the semifinals, Absolutely. right? But now all of a sudden, it's not a foregone conclusion with these mm-hmm. Olympic qualifying games in September. Not at all. The bat and because they're going to grow in confidence, and they're I'm I'm sure their associations are going to start funding them in a different way because all of a sudden they've got a world stage. Their teams are on the world yeah. stage. They don't want to be embarrassed. I do think it's going to be an interesting thing in the group stages now because I do think there's this unknown piece that I I felt might come into play in the first round with European teams not not knowing a lot about yeah. these other countries. But I do think now they, they'll be able to scout. They'll know those players to target. Um, I think the Zambia game that got so much attention before the tournament started allowed for Japan to really um, – influence how uh, the space that Barbara Bando was given. So that, that I think helped them. And um, because it was such a huge result, right. For, for Zambia before the tournament even started. Yeah. Um, And now they'll be scouting, they'll be scouting on these teams. So I I do think we'll get some, 
maybe bigger score lines coming into game two and three of the group stage. Right. With the, with that, Japan-Zambia game finishing 5-0 um, has been the biggest score line so far of these of these opening games. Um, the other ones being Spain beating Costa Rica 3-0 and then USA-Vietnam, by the way, um, winning 3-0 there as well. But overall, like, you know, yeah. seeing lots of low low scoring games, cagey affairs. But um, I think you make a good point that come these second games um, that some of them might be more wide open as, as these European teams or teams that, you know, have the sophistication and, and, and the tactical awareness and, and the ability to, to control for that um, will, will do their homework and be better prepared to face these threats and these upstart players and these incredible talents that we're just finding out about, which is the great thing about the World Cup. Yeah. Isn't it great? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, I wanted to just, um, just to finish up to, to kind of preview Ireland a little bit. We alluded to it earlier. Yeah. But uh, did you get a chance to watch Ireland, Australia? Uh, I watched, I watched quite a bit of it. Um, yeah. Not, not the whole game. Yeah. Um, same. So yeah. I, I'm, I think they're going to be like an intensely physical side. They're going to be ready to go to battle. I don't know if you heard Katie McCabe's comments after she's like, we're not, we're not shying away from anything. And yeah. she, but I mean, what a player I, I really love her. I'm sure I would hate to play against her, but what a leader for them and uh, just unwavering in her approach and, and throws her body on the line, but is, mm-hmm. is a really valuable member of that squad, not only in her leadership, but on that left flank. And I think Denise O'Sullivan at the base of that midfield as well is going to be key yeah. for them. But I think their approach against Canada um, is not going to be naive. I think they're going to sit low like they did against Australia and they're going to look to be quick in transition. Um, and I think they're going to be pests and I think they're going to be physical. And I think Craig Forrest is called a, a red card. I think he might be laying money down on that. So I wanted to get your thoughts maybe going into that game and, and maybe what you think maybe adjustments Canada needs to, to make, yeah. but just overall how they should approach the game. Yeah, it's Ireland. I played Ireland one time in my career and I've never gasped about language usage before, but I remember on the field. friends with me though, right? Part, well, it's you times time. I love that you like McCabe because you two are exactly the same type of player. I love how she tucks her shirt in. Business. It's yeah. business time. We talked, uh, Denise O'Sullivan's fantastic. One of the, routinely one of the best players in the NWSL. And then we've got, you know, the story of Sinead Farrelly, um, yeah. how she's been playing. Looking past Ireland would be a big mistake. I know yeah. Bev and her team aren't. Um, they will be, what's their huge advantage? Their physicality. They're there to battle. You'll get no no space given and they will run themselves into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I think for Canada, they, they know this is a game that they've got to get result in. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Do they have to win it? I think they have to win this game. Well, yeah, I mean, it puts them in a very challenging position if if they don't. Um, minimum of a point, so they need something out of it. Um, even with a point, that third game is going to be a challenge. So um, when you talk about change in formation, I think it will be a big, big mistake if um, you put on a team that's going to try and battle Ireland, as in just a physical battle. That's what Ireland wants. Mm-hmm. Just like... Um, Nigeria, what they wanted was for Canada to try and just get frustrated against them and try and catch them on the break. 
Um, Ireland is just, they're going to put in some hard crunching tackles. I think probably a red card is a good call. And I'm not just saying for Ireland, although Katie McCabe is, is very good at getting cards. I think Canada has their own issues in terms of getting frustrated and then putting mm-hmm. in talked about i think quinn's tackle which was not malicious or any but slowed down on var that those are reds very very quickly yeah it was a bit careless which which you did hear the the referee when on one of the reviews where we have this new thing now where we hear them in the stadium right i say we like them there but like where they're mic'd up yeah and she said careless tackle like she, <laughs> she didn't just say like you know i'm gonna give you the the yellow or, or I think it was maybe on a Sinclair's penalty. Oh yeah. She qualified it as being a careless tackle. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's tremendous. Thank you for that. Oh gosh. Well, I think formation wise for me, I, I'd love to see only one pivot. Um, probably Quinn in there and then get your eight and 10 higher up the field. Of course we wish Jesse Fleming was back. I think the fact she missed the first game of a world cup means she's got enough of a knock that mm-hmm. do you risk her in the second game? She might come in. Um, or it's be Sophie and Julia in there. Do you, do you think that Sophie goes in and Julia pushes higher? Um, I, I haven't seen Julia much in that position. Um, it'll be interesting who she pushes forward to be the, the playmaker higher up the field. I do think mm-hmm. um, if you, if you want legs, then do you put Sophie a little bit higher you know, I did say that Bev has been banking on sync, so then she could be the 10 on the high attacking midfield, and I'd put Soph then as the 8, um, Julia yep. coming in. I'm just trying to guess what what Bev might do. I personally um, maybe wouldn't for this game, but it's not. So Nigeria is a transition game. You need yep. legs for that. Sinky, what she does so well is connect a game, and she didn't have a great game last game with that, but I do think Nigeria will be a better game suited for her skill sets um, just mean Ireland, sorry, Ireland, yeah. um, having Sinky play in the midfield in that. And then, uh, I do think Chloe needs to be out wide just to, to get that going. And then, uh, it'd be interesting who we get in as the nine. I did think, uh, Jordan Heidema did well in the wing. I thought she, she did. Very I agree. Well. I liked her on the wing compared to just being that number nine. Yeah. That she was really active. I mean, it never amounted to a whole lot. She had a few opportunities, especially with her head. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I think you need to get Evelyn Vienne in there. So I don't know if you go with that front three of Lacasse and Vienne and Heidemel. I don't see Bev doing that. No. Um, but maybe that's that's a look later on in the game. And then I also think that in the midfield, I I think that this next game as a substitute, we're going to see um, a Simi, a Wujo, mm-hmm. um, or um, an Olivia Smith. Maybe depending on results, this is this is the stressful time. It's great that we're we're not clear on this line. I think it, you can argue that we should really have a very very concrete starting lineup. But Bev has always used different sort of um, formations and, and tinkered a little with players. That's not something she's changed ever. So it's not like players aren't used to it. It's good that the, there's enough players here. We're having a discussion about all of them can do the job and do it really well. Um, hopefully they just have that confidence and they're walking on that field knowing that it's not about winning three, nothing. It's about getting the win and getting off that field. We've seen lots of goals scored in the 89th, 90th minute in this tournament. Yep. And that's the kind of mentality Canada needs. Stay in the game. Don't get frustrated. Don't get in a physical fight with this team. You're playing into their hands. Um, and just, and just stay present. I, th- I think they will get the win. Yeah. I like that show too. I will add one, 
um, one point to the selection. So we've been focusing more on the attack because I think that's what was stagnant. That's what was glaring about that game against Nigeria. But N- Nigeria was f- effective, as you mentioned, just frustrating Canada. There's the other side of the coin there as well. But I think going back to McCabe, she's playing on the left. I think that you need or I think Ashley Lawrence will be essential on the right. I think that maybe it's not so much tactical. It's just going with different player profiles. I think you match Ashley Lawrence with a McCabe Mm -hmm. um, and you go with um, Alicia Chapman on the left instead of going Revere on or Revere on the right and Lawrence on the left. Yeah. My concern with that is she's going to have more than a minor contusion on her leg. (laughs) We'll be very aware. So in some ways, you're like, well, maybe Jade Jade is a feisty player as well. She's got the speed. She, she'll she stay in a tackle and almost protect a bit of Ashley as she's recovering. There's no way she came out of that tackle with no... No, yeah. There's something... No ill effects. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. And this is a game where I, I thought Chappie should have started the last game. I do think this is a game for Jade and Ashley on the, on the fullback. That's my opinion. And um, I like your shout. I'm just concerned about her injury or I don't think we're going to qualify it as a lower, lower body bruising. No, wait a minute. We're not, we're not the Habs or the Leafs here. Uh, Also, I didn't like how that sounded. So we're going to go with her, her bruised right leg. Oh, by the way, speaking of lower body, um, in that game, it was South Africa. Was that opening game that I did this morning? South Africa, Sweden. Thank you. I, I, I have no memory of, of the I opponent. wrote it down, Amy. I'm not memorized this. <laughs> um, but uh, they opened the scoring. South Africa did. Yeah. And um, it was effectively, uh, it was a vag goal. You've scored those, haven't <laughs> you? Yeah. For sure. They all count. You can get your body on it. Yeah, you got it. That's. I mean, it's harder to score like that oh, than with your foot. Austin, straight in. <laughs> it's impressive. I scored a goal at Nebraska once with my ass. Yeah, my first goal for Canada was my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, everyone was like, "What great timing!" I think I turned my back and right <laughs> off of me and went Thank in. Thank you. Like, You're welcome. <laughs> I'll catch you on the flip flop. I mean, no. the back end. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> No, Amy. Uh, looking right. forward to the games coming up. Um, I think there'll be bigger score lines in the, the rest of the games coming up. Italy, Argentina, Germany, Morocco, Brazil, Panama. I think there'll be some bigger scores there. Yep, I agree. Well, you've been looking in your crystal ball uh, with some success already. So I'm, I'm long it continue. <laughs> but thanks for joining again, Ree. Thanks, Amy. Loved it. Yeah, as always. Always a good chat. Always good banter. You're welcome back anytime. That's nice. Basically, you're a co-host. I don't know why I'm saying you're welcome back. None of your other friends call. Around. I'm just going to call you, and then you'll be like, hey, you're on a podcast. All right. Okay. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for listening. And keep broadening your horizons. This has been another episode of Footy Prime, the broadcast. You've been listening to Footy Prime's The Broadcast, brought to you by Fubo TV and Tony Beck. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. I was pinching. I was pulling. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.